G'day guys, welcome to this week's Hash It Out. I'm CW and once again joined by Armenia. How are you mate? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good myself here. I actually remembered my name, so that's a good start. <laughs> so what's um, the topic today? What I to think we should sort of discuss hackathons and sort of what they bring to um, ecosystems and and the developer environment, the user environment. Um, I know sort of last hackathon we had uh, minor tooling, so providing some incentives and, and tooling and um, information education things for miners. So um, they're quite varied, quite um, varying in subjects. So um, let's discuss our latest hackathon, Hackathon 6. Sure. So Hackathon 6 is about cypherpunk finance. You know, essentially trying to build on first principles and, you know, we're kind of moving into an era on Ergo where we have a couple of big things happening on the application layer in parallel that are DeFi primitives, right? Yeah. Uh, whether you get, you know, pool to pool lending or pool to peer lending or peer to peer lending, um, you know, it gives people the ability to kind of take their assets, uh, potentially collateralize them. Uh, build leverage, become liquid, you know, I guess, uh, what's the saying? Make your money work for you. Right? Yeah, exactly right. That's, a, that's what it all comes down to for passive income and things. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting in, in blockchain, sometimes coins, I don't want to say are pet rocks, but <laughs> they're kind of pet rocks, you know, it's like put it in cold storage and just sit on it and then, you know, the idea with kind of creating counter-economic frameworks is you need actual liquidity, right? You need yeah. money to move. You yeah, need... One thing I don't really sort of, oh, sorry, I should, shouldn't say, oh, let me rephrase it. On like the hold of the mindset, yes, I understand it. Um, putting things away, it's safe and, and locking it away. But that's just sort of looking at things from like a fiat-backed side of things, like the speculative aspect. But at the end of the day, these things are currencies. They're designed to be spent and, and transacted and, and interacting with um, ecosystems and, and not just on the application level, but like the P2P um, side, like you mentioned. Yeah, you know, it, it's velocity, right? Yeah. That's one thing that it, it's kind of hard to determine in, in the crypto industry as a whole. Is it a uh, digital asset that's more of like a store of value that you... I don't know, bury in a hole somewhere and hopefully dig up in a decade and uh, you know, you're in a better position? Or is it more of a currency where you transact, you invest, you build business, you you know, exchange goods, services, all that good stuff? And, you know, the reality is it's kind of both. Like yeah. uh, cryptocurrencies in a way are, are, are pretty flexible assets. They're hard to define. Um, well, you know, on one that, hand, you've got the limited supply, so the hard money aspect, so the store of values uh, perspective. But yeah, like I just mentioned as well, the um, like the currency aspect um, alongside that also. Yeah, and it's interesting when you when you get into like the stablecoin aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of get some derivative that's either uh, you know algorithmically backed by a crypto asset, or you know sometimes we get these fiat backed uh, coins that are usually you know kind of put on chain by a central custodian. Um, and then they do, uh, you know, serve a purpose that kind of create uh, cash like liquidity. 
um, on blockchains, and and that's important for uh, decentralized finance. You know, you have like this notion of friction, right? And if you look at it from a currency perspective, there's always friction, right? If I were to take my dollars and I were to go uh, buy you a beer in Australia, right? I'd have to go through some sort of intermediary to exchange my, you know, dollars to Aussie dollars, then that's not going to come with zero slippage, right? Those are floating rates that are traded every day on FX markets, and uh, it comes with a cost. And so if you look at it from like a currency perspective, kind of makes sense that there's friction, right? But then you also have a subset of users that look at it more of, I guess, a general market where, you know, if I'm going to go onto the NASDAQ and I want to buy a variety of securities, okay, I do have market price that I have to kind of contend with, but that friction is a lot less because you have a base currency. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know yeah. what people were transacting with. You've got that sort of stable mindset there, and and then you can build on your 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 trades, your positions, everything like that. And so, the, you know, the benefit of like centralized stable coins is you get the I'm just going to say Nasdaq like experience where you don't have that friction. Versus, you know, if you get into uh, let's say more crypto to crypto, you do get a little bit of friction. You do get a little more. Uh, let's call it exchange cost, or if I want to take my ERG and you know convert it to SIGUSD and then buy something with SIGUSD, you know it's like am I converting currencies or am I working in one common market? That's not really even clear in my in my opinion. Yeah, well, um, depending on which route you go, there's a couple of different markets there really whether you're interacting yeah. with the bank itself or liquidity pools on um, Spectrum, for instance, is it or P2P, for instance. There's a, a number of different options there. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, anyway, to just like think about and say, okay, well, if it's more um, currency, right, then, okay, you have to expect some friction, but then it's a matter of saying, okay, well, how do we build businesses and, you know, uh, make these currencies work not just on chain, but you know, long term, it would be nice to have, you know, DAOs that had actual off-chain purposes. You know, you yeah. get into decentralized communities and uh, lending, and kind of like the Ergo Lend side, where you know you could potentially build credit systems off-chain and do all kinds of neat things from more of the currency perspective, right? And right now, I think the mindset is a lot heavier on the market perspective. It's like, okay, if we can create one unified market to where I can take liquidity and I can go on whatever base layer, um, you know, and invest as though you have kind of like multiple mirrored markets and yeah. uh, play around with assets. Uh, that's, that's more, I would say the common mindset. Um, but, you know, if you, if you look at, cryptocurrency as currency um you know i think that if we get into uh the mindset that it's currency we can build business we can build more um velocity in these systems and actually get it off chain make it useful beyond you know i'm going to trade digital asset a for digital asset b and that's going to go up and then i'm going to go back to digital asset a and then i'm going to go to fiat right 
that's kind of the mindset right now rather than you know how do we take these and make them useful um beyond number go up <laughs> yeah exactly and uh you, you mentioned liquidity there a couple of times and um often people uh sort of wouldn't say or they probably complain a little about the the lack of liquidity on erg and um sort of how thin order books and things are there are a number of different options that people can utilize to sort of provide liquidity on centralized exchanges um dexes and things like with the grid bots and even kushti's sort of um uh offering of the decentralized grid bots i think that's that can be huge because um being able to sort of instead of being locked to one centralized exchange you arbitrage between two potentially and things like that so um, yes, yeah, a couple of different ways that people can put their erg to use and add liquidity to um, different exchanges. Yeah, and you know when you get into lending protocols, which are just now kind of, I'm going to say, burgeoning in our ecosystem, they're just starting. Yeah, we have a couple of betas, right? Um, you know, those can be very uh, big drivers for access to liquidity because there's a certain incentive of return and it's collateralized, right? Yeah. You kind of have that that little safety net there of being collateralized. So um, obviously liquidations occur if you can't sort of pay off and options and bonds and, and different timeframes, et cetera. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for the the DeFi lending um, side of uh, the, the application level side of things at the moment on Ergo because it just seems like every other week now things are sort of popping up out of nowhere. And um, like we just saw the, um, the duck pools was it their quack paper? I believe they called it. Uh, their their white yeah, paper like, or white paper? I, you know, I have to say, I, I have to give respect to, uh, you know, Crassifus because number one, he has a working beta. And number two, uh, you know, diving into that quack paper, um, there's something that we rarely see in this industry, and that's budgeting. Exactly, exactly right. And yeah. having it outlined there, it's very, very refreshing. Yeah. Um, there's a you know there's a lot where you know people fundraise but then what for yeah where's it go <laughs> yeah they you might know? have like their like a budget sort of thing external but um having it out in the public where they can people can see and they can do their own due diligence on the project itself and um one of the big things i liked actually also is um like the management of the treasury and everything sort of or the the fees and and revenue and all that sort of stuff going into the treasury for the the public and or the sorry the the token holders themselves to to manage mm -hmm. expenditures and and all that sort of side of it which is also once again sort of refreshing to see in the industry no it is i'm i'm excited i, th I think he's done uh, great work with that yeah and then that's just one option as well so that's like sort of the pool based lending we've got sigma five so the bonds and everything more sort of p2p and um what else do we have? We've got um, Excel, so the uncollateralized. It's, it's things popping up out of everywhere. Out of, you name it, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, we got some options being Other played options, with. Yeah, Sigma O. Sorry. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 kind of a it's an exciting year. You have a lot of just primitives. Yeah. You know those financial primitives. Uh, you know, make the ecosystem more complex. Uh, offer more liquidity. You know, in my mind, the biggest question, not just on Ergo, but kind of every uh, blockchain in terms of, you know, like what is really missing, it's uh, payment rails. 
that are, you know, take things off chain. You know, right now that's very centralized, let's say. <laughs> well, that's you know, and there the, are um, of, let's go for it. I was just going to say that's one of the suggestions actually for the, um, for the cypherpunk hackathon is sort of looking at those payment rails and which way like BISC like protocols and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something to sort of for the community to keep in the back of their mind. Yeah. I'd love to see that. You know what? I, I tend to, uh, let's, let's just say enjoy privacy oriented communities and, and one community in particular, I think has probably done the best job in terms of building out the P2P side would be Monero. Yeah. You know, and, and I would say, you know, if there's anything to learn from, uh, you know, what that community has done, what they've built is, you know, push, uh, things towards P2P money, right? Now, one unique thing that, uh, Ergo has is, you know, smart contracts. That's not something that, uh, you know, Monero is really use case. It's more private money, right? You know, with Sigma protocols, it'd be very fascinating long-term to see, you know, what those two could look like um, together, where you have not only private money, but you have the ability to potentially build trustless business with private money. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the things actually that sort of started rattling around in my brain when I first got into Ergo and it's how to utilize Sigma protocols and things like that. And being able to sort of lock th- lock things up on chain, potentially being able to sort of verify things off chain that transactions, whether it's um, cash in hand or P2P sort of transfers and things like that, verify it, sign it off on chain, and then it distributes funds that, that need to occur. So um and then actually not knowing where it's come from or even potentially where it's going with um stealth addresses for instance so mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of things out there that can kind of um come of this sort of stuff and a lot of things that haven't been discovered yet also yeah you know a lot of DeFi, unfortunately when it takes this mentality of i don't know let's use the nasdaq analogy right you take, you know, a centralized back stable coin and you put it in a market and you're just, you know, kind of playing with a variety of assets. Um, you know, that has a high risk of regulatory capture. It has a high risk of censorship. Yeah. There are a lot of downsides to that model. And so, you know, in, in my mind, it's an interesting thought experiment anyway. Like, how, how can we take core principles, privacy, security, decentralization, sovereignty, right? Not the ability to not get blacklisted um, and build a DeFi ecosystem that, you know, stands on those principles and kind of protects them. That That's a hard, it's a hard lift. It's not something that I would say is a problem that's been solved by the industry yet, but, you know, long-term, I think there's a ton of value there. Yeah, exactly. And even looking at the way regulation could potentially, um, like the road it takes, um, I think mm-hmm. that's sort of um, priceless. And uh, the the need for these services and protocols and things like that, it's uh, they'll all come to light once or once potentially all these things come to light uh, on the regulation front because um, blacklisting addresses and all kinds of things, for instance, um, yeah, the, the, 
it's going to come down with a hard hammer in my perspective if it does come at all well it's interesting even then you have a base layer that's built on kind of this ideal that uh market should be open yeah right you know to where uh, ideally uh, blockchain doesn't care who you are they don't care where you're from doesn't care what you believe you have a set of you know let's say programmed rules that the system follows and everybody's playing the same game but then when you get into the idea that okay well if person a is from country a and we don't like country a um so we're going to either censor or blacklist or push their transaction down the chain suddenly these systems aren't so fair anymore well it, yeah I, I could go on a proper rant here about all that sort of stuff and and mm-hmm. like um geo banning and ip banning and all kinds of things like that and unfortunately you're kind of seeing that a little bit on sort of ethereum at the moment in regards to sort of the metamask perspective and then the ofac compliance nodes and things like that and um it's a bit sad in my opinion that it's kind of taken that route and i just hope they get back on track and sort of um steer the ship around and then sort of head in that other direction where these systems are built for anyone to be sort of um censorship resistant um the resilient platforms for anyone to be able to do sort of what they want on them no i think there's a tremendous amount of value in that and the reality is when you get into the nasdaq mindset things just trend in that direction you know to where you know you could use the example like one thing i have to tip my hat to vitalik for in the last week because he was like oh we should come out with a type of stealth addresses on ethereum yeah i saw that (laughs) you know okay i can say well you know have you heard about that on ergo but you know that aside it's a good thing it's a good thing to have privacy tooling uh but you know there's been some backlash even where people say oh this is the wrong direction you know we need institutional adoption therefore we're going to you know be captured by institutions i guess i don't know yeah um but you know i've been hearing that too many years in this space like oh we're going to get government adoption we're going to get institutional adoption and you know the reality is i don't know why you wouldn't just have jp morgan coin yeah exactly you know like why do you need a decentralized network if you're just going to censor something anyway that's like the main benefit of the inefficiency is that it's censorship resistant yeah exactly right okay well it's distributed, but uh, have you heard of a backup, right? You can you can always have a couple backups and, you know, you still have multiple storage points for your ledger. Um, so, I mean, that is kind of, in my opinion, really the biggest uh, benefit of these systems is that, you know, it takes middlemen out and it creates this potential to have global systems that are fair yeah and it kind of i don't know there's, there's just what we've been touching on the last couple of minutes there like the privacy aspects security aspects um, the centralization of things that it just goes back to that cypherpunk mindset of sort of um ensuring your privacy the security of yourself like your data and everything and and basically getting away from institutions whether it be large companies um like web 2 companies for instance uh, banking mm-hmm. 
um, governments themselves, all that sort of stuff. It's it's creating a, a counter-economic tooling sort of perspective from um, uh, like the cyberpunk aspect in regards to like blockchain adoption and things. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, the industry will have a rude shock at some point and um, we'll have to sort of go back and, and start looking at these um, principles that sort of we focus on pretty greatly here at Ergo. Well, if you're trying to build a non-fragile system, you want to avoid central points of failure. Just that simple. And, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know, I guess it's been good times, right? So <laughs> having central points of failure really isn't an issue because, um, you know, crypto's kind of accepted, right? Kind of. It's yeah. and, and, and because it's kind of accepted, you know, people built in ways that probably bootstrapped liquidity fast and, um, you know, probably have a lot of vulnerabilities in terms of regulatory capture or central points of failure. And it's hard to engineer systems that don't, yeah. right? You can use the example of like, I'll just pick on, you know, fiat back stable coins, right? They can bootstrap liquidity very quickly in ecosystems. Um, you know, and, and that has a, its benefits, right? But then it also has its risks. And we have to look at both sides. I mean, I've always said, okay, it's an open ecosystem. If somebody wants to build it, they can, right? I'm not going to stop them, but I'm happy to talk about assumptions and principles and security risks, right? Because I do think that, some, you know, at some point that, you know, may be a reality. It's not today. Hopefully, you know, we got what an hour and 10 minutes left my time anyway, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's something that I think a lot of people look in the future and have an open question about. Yeah. Well, if you look at, um, looking at sort of fair backed uh, currencies, whether it's USDC or USDT on Ethereum being in a smart contract, it can be locked. Um, and that's just looking at things on chain, but then um, like the regulatory risk and, and capture um, sort of ability off chain as well, uh, sort of seizing assets, freezing them in banks, um, or like calling options, whether it's permissionary notes or whatever, like however it's set up, that's still, that's another sort of um, discussion there with not sort of um, being able to see in or the, the transparency for like say USDT, for example. But um, yeah, it's it's looking at things both on chain and off chain in that perspective. No, I think it's funny, like that you have a crypto uh, ecosystem that, you know, probably the main driver of liquidity right now is central stable coins. And uh, they're held by entities that buy U.S. bonds. <laughs> so what is backing all of this, you know, counter economic cypherpunk finance? U.S. bonds. Yeah. <laughs> Same shit, different day, right? Yeah. You you say it like that and it's kind of hilarious, isn't it? It is. It is. It's comical in a way. You know, in a way, I think we've kind of failed, at least in trying to create uh, resilient uh, counter-economic systems because look at what the main thing backing a lot of the liquidity is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's uh it's kind of scary, isn't it? Like you, you say it like that and then sort of you put things into perspective and how reliant the industry is on centralized fiat backed stable coins. And 
yeah, a, there's a lot that could go wrong there. Yeah, I mean, what happens if the U.S. Treasury market, you know, it would be bad for me. I'm an American, but what would happen if one day we have an issue? Yeah. You know, maybe these fiat stable coins are a bad idea to begin with. Maybe we should have some other store of value that's a little bit less connected to, you know, one country's geopolitical choices and economic choices. You know, oh. I know that you have stable euros and you know other currencies that are like uh like a lot less popular be it based though that's the thing it's still the same same in and of itself yeah i mean we had a couple uh gaza is a good example you know he's in ireland and so i think he had you know some ust or something or usdt and he was saying you know i i've gained 30 percent because the euro tanked <laughs> right well even here um being an australian i think our exchange rate is uh off the top of my head i think it's around a dollar 40 dollar 45 thereabouts but not too long ago a couple of months ago i was up around a dollar 65 so i was laughing anything mm -hmm. earned in us dollars or perspective um gained in value just from not doing anything just from the the, the currencies like the forex sort of trading pair there yeah, and, and maybe the dollar's the cleanest dirty shirt, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know. But I'm sure I'm sure, you know, taking history into account, things go the other way as well. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. You know, having a what what fiat currency hasn't failed. You know, we have ones that haven't failed yet. <laughs> right? But yeah. you know, history's, you know, rhymes at some point maybe my lifetime maybe not yeah you know it'll go the other way and and so i think it's interesting to try to get away from government paper yeah and try to say okay how can we create a more resilient store of value that's an open question i mean you can look at like currency commodity baskets or i don't know crypto commodity baskets potentially there's a lot of high level ideas but then you know the question is how do you implement them and how do you make sure they're secure and uh, build them to where they're non-fragile yeah well hard kind of, kind of got something along those lines here and you know ergo being developed with dexy but um like that's been first proposed oh god how long ago was that mm -hmm. Six, no, it's been months a, ago? a long time and so there's yeah. been a lot of discussions um a lot of iterations in contracts and everything like that and i think it was actually alex who said that it was one of the most complex contracts on ergo or if not it is the the most uh, complex contract there's a no, lot I of parts there yeah i look at dexy in a way as a type of central bank right and one thing central banks generally do is they hold a reserve of foreign currencies they have their own currency and they balance the float Yep. Right. And so some people try to keep a hard peg. And um, I guess if, as we've seen in Japan, you know, in terms <laughs> of their bond market, that's not always easy to do. Um, you know, some, I guess, float within a range. Dexy is slow. It's predictable. It's pre-programmed. So it's going to be interesting to watch the dynamics of that unfold because you kind of take out the human risk factor i guess you know we see that in the us a lot where we have these uh fed meetings and you know everyone's like sitting around waiting see what happens 
and then the world moves afterwards, right? And hopefully people position themselves right beforehand. Uh, but it ultimately comes down to a few people in a room making a decision that impacts everybody. Yeah, especially from the U.S. perspective as well, like the influence that the dollar has over world currencies and things like that. So it's not just like you being a U.S. citizen um, directly influencing uh, your everyday life, but it's it's a huge impact worldwide. Yep, cost of money. Yep. You know, oh, so um, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite interested to watch Dexy. Um, you know, it's something that I'm fully aware is experimental, yeah. right? Um, and I think everybody should have that assumption in mind. Um, you know, it, it's a product that is subject to um, just human randomness, human behavior, right? That's always the hardest thing to predict. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it has game clear... theory and everything. You could, yeah, yeah. You know, we have things and one thing that you miss <laughs> that they pick up. Yeah, I mean, we have we have clear risk assumptions and points of failure that we can look at and say, okay, well, how would this work? How would this not work? There's been testing done, you know, to try to simulate pretty extreme environments or price changes because. Well, crypto is a very volatile market. Um, so when it's ready to launch, it's one of those things. Uh, play with it and see. Uh, I I would say that most DeFi in reality is pretty experimental, but that's not a very popular thing to say. Yeah, I think we sort of saw that. Um, I think the most basic sort of lending protocols like going back right back to sort of DeFi primitives and like you're looking at the curves and the Aves, like the initial sort of um, decentralized finance lending protocols, they stood up the, the best out of like all the sort of the fallout of what happened over the last sort of 18 months and things and market crashes and people paying out because obviously everything's locked on chain. So to get their liquidity back, they have to pay out the contracts and, and um, sort of honor that because code is law basically. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, starting to sort of see those primitives come back here in Ergo and, and start to see those that, that DeFi sort of ecosystem start thriving. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. You know, uh, I would say that the weird thing, I'm just going to use the word weird, <laughs> in a lot of DeFi um, that we've seen so far, even, you know, beyond Ergo, is governance, right? Governance, mm-hmm. bribery, governance, DAOs. That's something that, uh, I don't know, it's interesting, right? Like the whole bribery, curve war type uh, mindset, is, it's fun to watch, but I don't know what the long-term value is. That's still an open question in my mind. Yeah. And then just uh, sort of even on that governance side of things, which is sort of a, like the, the generous side from um, the Mango Protocol, uh i'm getting ar- arrested in puerto rico yeah <laughs> profitable trading strategy <laughs> yeah i don't know where i sit on that to be honest because it's like on one hand um it, it let's say if you uh build a bridge that's beyond capacity and it falls down you're liable yeah right i think that's fair to say if you engineer a decentralized piece of software that you know basically 
allows an exploit and it happens, who's liable? I guess in the bridge analogy, we can look at the people that were on the bridge as victims, right? And versus, you know, the DeFi analogy where the guy, you know, made a couple. Eat it. <laughs> yeah, he made, made a lot of money. Um, you know, we tend to not have the same compassion, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know, on a way I have to say, okay, well, where's, where's Mango's responsibility? As you look at the the protocol and a lot of the arguments around it is people, well, depending on what side of the fence you sit on and, and which way you look at things. And a lot of mm-hmm. people think that on one hand, the protocol allowed what, um, like the exploit. So it's all within the rules, like basically code is law. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone on the flip side of that who sort of lost money or looking sure. at things from a different perspective, just think it's sort of unethical or, or things like that as well. That's interesting. It's the, in my opinion, it's the most interesting part of DeFi is how a lot of the times there's no real way to uh, let's say limit whale whale power, right? <laughs> and uh, create a more fair game for common people, right? And a lot of DeFi pr- protocols are just whale dominated. There's no other way to put it. Um, you know, and it's like, okay, well, you can always have like some mint restriction, but then, okay, you can always spread your, you know, liquidity across multiple addresses. Um, you know, so that's a hard question to solve. I don't, I don't know the universal answer to that, but, you know, looking at a lot of uh, DeFi exploits um, or just disproportionate power, you know, where a few really, uh, have the ability to control protocols it's fascinating yeah and as a as a user um i guess we sort of drum on this week to week the the whole know your assumptions um perspective is also from a user's perspective so you, you go in there you do some due diligence and you're looking at tokenomics and team allocations and all kinds of things so you're going in there as a, a little sort of plankton and you're up against the core team who's been allocated themselves or allocated themselves like 55% of tokens or something, of course they're going to have um, like a majority vote in regards to any governance and things like that. So um, yeah, it's that's one key sort of aspect, I guess, in regards to like the protocols design and where tokens have been allocated in regards to the governance side of things as well. Yeah, it's, a, it's an asymmetrical financial game, but most things are. The, the reality is most things are, right? You have information asymmetries, you have purchasing power asymmetries. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't I don't know if you can really remove that fully, but, you know, when you're talking about protocols and exploits, it's certainly a risk factor to take into account in terms of design. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So getting back to hackathons, what's, a couple of sort of questions here. What's one of the favorite things that you've seen come out of an ergo hack? And on the flip side of that, what's one thing that you'd like to see come out of one? Oh, my favorite thing by far was Git block. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's quite sad that, you know, well, I mean, I mean, I, I can understand it. The mining industry has to consolidate. Right. In a bad way and, at the moment, that's for sure. Yeah, it's in a bad it's in a bad way at the moment. It's like uh 
I don't know. Miners are freelance workers, right? And the, I guess, company that was hiring and paying about 95% of the profits fired everybody. Yeah, so, you know, laid off everyone. Yeah, laid off everyone. You know, and so, of course, now you have people that are competing to the bottom, basically. Um, you know, and I guess a lot of that has to do with where they are and what their power costs are and what their, you know, infrastructure debt or, you know, where they are in terms of paying off their rigs and there's a, everybody's going to be in a different situation there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, get block kind of ran into that, but from a high level, I would say that's my favorite, like a uh, thing that came into a hackathon and, and converted into a project just because it was really innovative and now looking at snisps or nisps or I'm not, i guess they took out the s yeah make it a little bit easy to pronounce yeah you know i think that's quite exciting to watch um you know those of you that don't know uh cheese and rob guys behind get block started uh basically the next iteration so yeah pretty cool stuff yeah exactly and uh I'd have to say the same as well. Um, the whole sort of concept behind GetLock and the smart pooling, sub-pooling, for instance, also. Um, and then sort of like just looking at it from a proof of concept perspective as well. Like I think that's well and true, truly proved itself that it's um, capable and, and doable on chain, but it's just a matter of um, simply adoption at that point. So unfortunately, um, as much as, much as much information that the community sort of could push out and, and try and attract people uh, to utilize that protocol um unfortunately uh people didn't sort of adopt it for whatever reason which is quite unfortunate but um it is a proven concept so hopefully it is uh, picked up at some point and um whether that's sort of someone in the community or an existing mining pool themselves or whatever like just to be able to create that point of difference and um yeah it's pretty interesting but Looking at what the the boys are doing now, you did mention Cheese and Rob there, and the um, the Lithos protocol. If you want to sort of jump over there and check them out, um, they've yeah. got a white paper, and I believe, or well, at the moment, they've actually got a logo competition. So head over to Ergcube and vote on that if it's still running by the time this video is out. Yeah, we'll see. I, man, I have no skill in front end stuff, so <laughs> design. Um, it's not my fourth day, but. I saw the logos. There was some nice looking ones there. Yeah, there's some pretty cool ones there. And then we need to do the same with Dexy. I know we've teased about it, but uh, we probably need to get on our cube and kind of do the same. Yeah, we'll reach out to HQ or HQ if you're listening, mate. Um, reach out and we can set something up there because there is a number of pretty cool the submissions also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, that's that's a couple I'd like to see. But what's one thing that you would like to see built out um, in the ecosystem as a, in and of itself? No, you know, there's a lot of interesting, uh, let's say, probably the most interesting idea in terms of P2P money that I've seen in a while was uh, the spender sign currency framework. Oh, yeah, yep. You know, where um, essentially you collect signatures and everybody that kind of touches that it's kind of like a promissory iou or something and the longer the chain gets you know the clearer the assumption of you know its value yeah that's fascinating to me um, yeah. you know I've, 
I've always really wanted to see uh, the Ergo Let's take off. And, you know, from it's one of those things that, okay, it's not sexy, right? Yeah. You know, and in terms of like uh, what most users would like to see or interact with, it's something that we've kind of pushed back way too many times. But, uh, you know, one of these days I would love to see the community pick that up. You know, and if not, I think eventually the Ergo Foundation will get to it. But, um, you know, having that start and from the community would probably be better anyway. Yeah, just because of how it's designed to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, the whole the whole let's thing, it's, it's really interesting because a lot of the value is created off chain, if that makes sense as well. Like mm -hmm. um, having communities come together and collaboration and all kinds of bits and pieces. So it, it relies on a, or heavily relies on some sort of social aspect as well. And bringing that, that perspective, the off chain social perspective, and then bringing it and combining with um, like blockchain and the power of blockchain and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's really exciting looking at the potential but like you said, it's kind of not sexy at the moment. Yeah, no, it's 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 weird in terms of people's perception of money, right? And it's like, okay, you have a community of people that, you know, they want to exchange, transact, kind of have each other's back. So they create a community credit system where, you know, if you incur debt, you don't actually owe anybody but the community as a whole. So yep. if I have debt to, you know, person A, I can repay that to person C. The big question is, you know, do I contribute and, and kind of create value or service or whatever yeah. uh, with what I do in that community? It's it's an interesting social tool yeah. that I think is pretty cool in terms of removing uh, kind of the accounting hierarchy that uh, can exist in those type of systems. Yeah. And then the the transmissions of, well, how, do you, how do you say this, like, whether it's a good or a time or a service, like things like that. And the value, um, like a value unit that can be applied to all that sort of stuff. Like that's pretty interesting also. Yeah, it's it's different than uh, how most people look at money because let's say within at least a let's framework, uh, there's not really scarcity. Yeah. You know, it's not about competing and having like a scarce resource that, you, that you're fighting over it's more about like collaborative exchange as a currency yeah definitely yeah well, there's a couple of nice options there for people to sort of jump on and, and look at there's i believe there's a couple of examples on let's anyway i think from 2020 or maybe 2019 like a, an example contract and things like that so a lot of work has been put into it there's a lot of documentation there um so jump onto docs.ergo and i think it's on github also um, if you want to sort of look at some background history in regards to what's previously uh, happened there, but um, even the the spender signed contract, uh, spender signed money, that's that's pretty interesting. Also, um, if anyone wants to read up a little bit more about that, it's actually on the Ergo forum. Um, there's a post up there and sort of the the general outline and the perspective on how sort of things operate. But um, that's that's another interesting uh, concept, uh, sort of that could be built out. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, even if you look at the dollar, what's it backed by? Trust and faith. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, you know, and so you know, if you create some kind of community money, at least you can see the people you're supposed to, you know, <laughs> trust in that faith in, and you interact with them, and you know, I don't know, it, it's a fascinating concept. It's it's somewhat foreign to how most people think, just because of the monetary system we're raised in. Yeah. But I think it has a lot of value, and the reality is, I think a lot of people at least on like the let's side i do that with my friends with my family with people close to me i give them my time my service my help my hand whatever and yep. you know i don't really ask for anything back but it tends to come right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so, um in myself having a trade background um I know that all too well like you offer time and services and whether it's directly related to your trade or or anything like that but um it's funny how it all evens itself out, isn't it? Like no one, no one keeps a track on things, but ultimately, what goes around sort of comes around, and things like that. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, bad, bad actors kind of get eliminated because <laughs> you realize they don't give back, right? Yeah, very quickly. And, yeah. and you know that's that's really the only point of a let's currency is to. It's not so much I would say to like monitor the people who are active. It's more to censor the people who would take advantage. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it it soon comes to light how um, how easy it is to identify those sort of actors as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's life. <laughs> exactly. There's always someone there looking to skip a round of drinks, or you know what I mean, like not not mm -hmm. putting the hard work where it's required and things like that. So yeah, it's it's pretty easy to pick those ones up. So I think there's a lot of different vectors where, you know, the Ergo uh, ecosystem could, you know, do unique things on chain, off chain, uh, you know, in, in terms of building, uh, you know, economic tools with first principles in mind. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I do think that collectively the community is smarter than me anyway. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Yeah, most definitely. It's one of, um, my favorite time throughout the week is definitely the dev updates um even like, even these discussions because they're so wide and varied and um, we get a lot of feedback on the hash it out and a lot of people say that we talk about things that isn't widely discussed in the industry as a whole and it, it flicks on light bulbs for those guys as well because um it gets them thinking about the not so sexy side of the industry so hopefully we sort of reach out there and, and sort of um, make those connections and um, thanks for everyone sort of for providing that feedback but yeah it's it's pretty interesting to sort of watch and, and see it all come to light yeah you know the goal is just to support voluntary transactions that are backed by a you know censorship resistant ledger yeah so, you know, if you look at it from that, you know, you can use the ledger for a lot of things, a lot of different ways. And that kind of gives you a certain, I don't know, security assumptions in terms of truth. Yeah. And then it's a matter of saying, okay, well, how can we take that and build uh, systems that make it easy for voluntary exchanges, transactions to happen between people, communities uh, that build value? Yeah, you know, most definitely. Sometimes, sometimes crypto goes into like it's not even the Nasdaq Nasdaq mentality, man. It's like the penny stock mentality. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, I don't know. 
I don't find that so interesting. You can always gamble on something, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and that's uh, also one of the <laughs> one of the suggestions actually for this hackathon, being the cyberpunk sort of mentality and things, and um, like degen finance. There's always going to be that aspect, whether it's gambling like penny stocks or anything like that so yeah it'd be pretty interesting to see what comes of it and uh yeah sort of finalizing what i was saying previous uh just a couple of moments ago um the ergo hack is a highlight for myself because we often see like we have have a theme obviously but Mm -hmm. what people can submit it's so wide and varying and um things that often always come out of left field and you had no no recognition or uh, no, so what's what what's the word I'm looking for? Um, no idea that basically these things are coming and and they just pop up and yeah away we go and uh, yeah really useful sort of protocols perspectives education um, research papers like it's so cool. Yeah, you can't predict organic growth. That's what makes it organic. <laughs> exactly, self organizes without direction. <laughs> Beautiful in a way. Yep, most definitely, mate. Oh, we're coming up to time. Is there any sort of last words you want to have on um, anything that we've discussed today or the or the hackathon concept itself? Sure. I think that, you know, everything starts with a good idea. And there's a lot of people out there that may not have the skill set in terms of development, right? They may not have uh, something that in their mind sees them as, I don't know, worthy of participating or some nonsense like that. A good idea is a good idea at the end of the day. So I would recommend uh, everybody out there in the community that really wants to think about, you know, what we could build, what you would use, uh, you know, what would we need. Feel free to drop it. You know, I think Reddit is a great spot um, just in terms of how it aggregates data. So I'd love to see some community ideas pop up on there and people discuss. Yeah, there's a number of different channels that that can all occur and um yeah if you want to register head over to ergohack.io there's a lot of information there and um pretty lucrative sort of prize pool as well up around sort of 20 grand thereabouts if you take the the ergopad token allocation there into account but um yeah by all means jump onto reddit ask some questions there there's people um it's like i need a team uh channel in discord itself there's a hackathon um, channels as well so you might have an idea. You not may not be a developer. Try and reach out to the devs. Um, uh, sort of pass on your sort of concept, your your proof of concept. You might have a little bit of documentation there, or just something in your head that you want to run past someone. Um, see how feasible it is, and people might want to jump on your team just from the cool idea perspective of things. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks very much for tuning into this hash it out, Joe. Once again, it's been a pleasure chatting, mate. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for taking the time. (laughs) No dramas, mate. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Have a good one.